Sunday pour, Thursday night, first show of December, and for the loyal listeners who have been with us for a little bit now, you know what that means. It starts a stretch of uh, holiday movies, some Christmas movies, and uh, when you think Christmas movies, there should be one that comes to mind, and of course, it's Eyes Wide Shut, and... Let's start with you. Uh, yeah, what your- is what is the second password? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Coming off your first viewing of Eyes Wide Shut, uh, I'm assuming you watched it, what, 24 hours ago, 48 hours ago? Initial reaction, thoughts? Um, wow. That, I mean, it's hard to just kind of have one to sum it up that simply. I, it's such a there's so much going on in the movie <laughs> for, a lot for a to movie, unpack right yeah for a movie there a the, the lot doesn't really happen and like the action is not, not that i want to call it it's not an action movie but not, like the action is is it you know it's pretty straightforward there's a lot of interpretation there it's a very rich movie in that um i kind of went in watching it just having remembered like the the reaction as like a 16 17 year old when it came out there's just why i'd heard like i don't know where in the news or just in passing or whoever I had mentioned it's just, i had the idea like it was like the cd movie like maybe this nc-17 type movie it didn't come across like that at all to me outside of the one outside of the orgy scene which you know with what you're hit with it it's kind of like oh yeah i suppose there's supposed to be an orgy here um but i mean i loved that that was great I'm, 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 uh, I'm glad that it was suggested that we do this movie. Uh, loyal listener suggested it, so um, I'm, 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 I'm surprised it took me this long, but uh, I'm glad I'm glad I'm in now. Glad I'm glad I'm one of the glad I'm one of the chosen ones now. Yeah, well, you could thank Warner Brothers for uh, for it not being NC-17 because I think they cut a bunch of shit, a bunch of crude sex scenes. Yeah, I think it was. I think I saw it was like only like sixty-five seconds, something like that. Maybe that's a little more. And oh, that was uh, it. Even in, even in the scenes that you do see, I guess they might have like put some things in the way of other things you might be seeing. I do have one question. Sure. <laughs> if we could just jump right into the orgy scene. Um, of course. I, there's a couple people like sixty-nineing and stuff. I don't know how that works when you're in a mask. Hmm. I did not pick up on that. Um, 69 <laughs> well, with a mask. Well, some of them had holes. Some of them had holes in the mouth. Oh, all right. Yeah, I came prepared. All right. Yeah, One the, of the funnier okay. scenes, I think, is when I think it's when he walks into the room and they're all s- standing in a circle and there's a, like just a bunch of people fucking. Yeah. There's one guy that stands out to me, assuming it's a guy. Um, and he's in the crowd watching, and his mask just has like a. Yeah. yeah. I, no, no listeners can't see what I'm doing, but it's his just like. His mouth is a gape, yeah. Yeah, it's hysterical. It's one of the more <laughs> underrated uh, things that I caught during that scene. But I mean, yeah, that's what it, I mean, that's what it comes down to. When, it, when I first saw this movie, my first encounter with it was, you know, let's see, it came out in 99. So I'm probably like junior high, high school age, kind of. Yeah. My first encounter with it was you know, 2 a.m. HBO. Right. What 
yeah. the fuck? And of course I stumbled upon the orgy scene because that's the way it's got to happen. And, you know, you kind of check it out for a little bit. I don't remember staying with it. I don't think I ever, I don't think I watched the entire movie until eh, it was fairly recently within the last like 10, five to 10 years. I think I watched it for the first time. Uh, strange movie. I, I've seen it a couple times now. I still don't know exactly what to make of it. Uh, there's just a lot. There's a lot going on. There's a and there's so many. I mean, we could sit here forever and talk about the things, the themes that uh, that Kubrick was trying to come across and send out to us. You know, the interpretations. Oh yeah. Um, it's just, uh, it, yeah. It's a, it's definitely a little bit of a mind fuck. Of a movie. Listen, I'm going to ruin Christmas for you forever now because okay. obviously Christmas is a big part of this movie for one reason or another. Every scene has lights or trees in it outside of the orgy scene, outside of that house. Mm-hmm. Every, every scene has, a, has lights somewhere around there. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, intentional. Definitely done intentionally. Yeah. So, um, uh, so let's see. I got to find this. Um, this is from a book or a paper called Christianity and, Christianity and Paganism in the 4th to 8th centuries. And this I got, there is like this in-depth reading of Eyes Wide Shut on uh, Squarespace. By the, uh, see, it's called Boy Drinks Inc. So I guess he's a, he's a writer and that's what his uh, title is. But it's very in-depth. This thing is like... It's it's long and it's in depth. A lot going mm-hmm. on in this paper, whatever whatever you call it, blog. I don't know what you want to call it, but um. So you know, there, there's like the whole idea of these secret societies, paganism, this uh, the Freemasons, Illuminati, all that kind of shit. The Scientologists. Um, it's some Freemason mm-hmm. rituals. This is from this paper. Some Freemason rituals derive from paganism element of which is nature and goddess worship. Many Christmas practices, such as decorating trees, originate from pagan associations with nature, femininity, femininity, and fertility. The evergreen tree was regarded as a phallic symbol of fertility worship, representing an erect penis. Um, so have fun every time you go to anybody's house and seeing their tree and not wondering what they're trying to make up for by having that tree in the middle of their house. Um, the bigger the tree, the smaller your dick. It's like a Ferrari. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Um, decorative balls and tinsel represent testicles and semen. <laughs> oh, I have some tinsel on my tree. I have a lot of tinsel. Well, yeah, I bet you. Yeah. Well, save, save it up. There's no nut November. You save it up for. <laughs> Shot uh, it all over the tree. There you go. Uh, and the wreath is a yonic symbol represent, representing a woman's vaginal opening. With the red oh, bow. I have a little bit of a wreath. I have a bow. I have a bow on it. Red, red bow. bow symbolizing childbirth blood. Yeah. Oh, all right. The, yeah, the uh, the wreath, the wreath, the wreath so a bunch of, of semen and childbirth blood on my tree right now. I, yeah. yeah. All yeah. right. So Christmas is over. That's over. Yeah. I can't so, celebrate that no more. Uh, take that for what you will. I mean, you know, there's um, yeah, there, like, there's a lot of trees in there. You got to go back and watch it just the trees and see like why they pop up and what's going on. You know, there's the there's the scene at the end where he shuts the lights off in the tree, uh, which is funny because I'd wondered why everyone was asleep in that house and the lights were still on in the tree. Like you're supposed to shut that shit off when you go to bed, even though you're yeah, right. home, you got to shut it off. Um, but 
yeah, so you know, there's 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 one element of many that you can go through and interpret. Um, but yeah, I think I'm just gonna be Jewish now. I think I'm just gonna just gonna yeah. get a menorah, call it quits on this. Yeah, until you get to the cuisine, then you'll come. That's right. Le- leaping back. <laughs> Jews for Jews for Jesus. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I I think you know. Well, I mean, like I said, like we said, there's a, a million different themes and messages. Is it possible that the number one uh, thing that Kubrick was trying to uh, communicate to all of us is that we're all just a bunch of sexual deviants when it comes down to it? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. There, you can't just pick one thing because, I mean, there, there's sex – is is obviously a main theme of this movie, one of the main themes in this movie, but it's also like, it's it's also like sex between a man and a wife, and then fantasies outside of the marriage, and then like, you know, cheating, not cheating, or cheating. Like, do you want to cheat? Can you cheat? Like, um, and how you handle that? Truth and lies. I mean, and it's all it, there's. Uh, money capitalism also kind of shows up there so there's so much to, to unpack it's tough to kind of to just narrow it down to one thing and I don't, I don't think it was really his thought to have one thing to say well i don't think it was one thing i i, I was more was was i should have said was that one of his messages i don't think so no i don't think so i don't i don't, I don't think i don't think that's how he's shaping everybody as a sexual deviant. How about an upset? We all have an obsession with sex as a society. Maybe, uh, maybe there's something repressed um, that we ignore. So when, so when uh, they first, when they first start talking in the beginning, when she tell, when Nicole Kidman tells Cruz about her fantasy, about this uh, Navy guy. Yeah. That's don't smoke pot with that fucking bro. Jesus. (laughs) Yeah, what a mood killer. <laughs> um, they had. He had said that I think he had said that Sidney Lumet was not feeling well. That's where he disappeared to. He didn't. He didn't mention that he helped some woman who was ODing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah I think he said that Sidney. Sidney Pollock. Yeah, Sidney Pollock. Yeah, Sidney Lumet. Sidney Pollock was. <laughs> sorry about that. Um, was not feeling well, and um, yeah. and uh, th- and then almost immediately after that, he says, "I love you, and I would never lie to you." And then continues to lie to her, like for the rest of the movie. Um, That's but, it, like, yeah. well, but lies tells her he won't lie to her, and then lies for the rest of the movie. Uh, and then she is truthful with him about her fantasy, which. Once that truth is out there, like wrecked him. It was just it lived in his head for the rest for the rest of the movie. Now, I don't know if he feels like inadequate because of that. I don't know if he doesn't know how to handle that his wife is a sexual being and like, you know, thinks about other men in that way. Um, because he also just accepted that men think like that and women don't. Right? He was like, well, that's men think like that. But, right, I mean, because the guy was dancing with her and Hungarian wanted to guy, fuck yeah. her. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Insecurity is definitely so- something uh, that's a little bit of a 
a uh, definitely a theme of the movie. It's a, it's definitely lingering over Cruz's character for uh, for most of it. I mean, how many times does the guy have to think about the sailor or naval officer banging his wife? You know, I mean, it just sticks with him the whole movie. Um, it's a bartender yeah, on a cruise and, ship. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, and, and you know, and I, maybe some of it, some of it could be like the insecurities between, um, you know, I don't know if if, the, if a message he was trying to come up with Kubrick was like to try and show you that um, when you see like these young, uh, you know, good-looking couples who look like they kind of all have it figured out on the surface, that you know. They 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 got just as much they got just as many problems as uh, as everybody else maybe a little bit of that. That's fair. That's fair because uh, because you know for as much as they have going for them, and like just look at like how he throws money around in the movie. <laughs> like he just always yeah. he carries a ton of money on him, and he just keeps you know I'll give you a hundred dollars extra, two hundred dollars extra, whatever. Yeah, pays a um, hooker not to bang her. Yeah, just to talk. Um, <laughs> right, he's still not welcome, like in that, whatever that society is, whatever that secret society is, whoever those powerful people are, he's still not welcome into that echelon. So even though, right, they they have, they have their they have their own problems, um, and they can kind of buy their way out of, or buy their way into like whatever they need to. But at the end of the day, they don't have the same, I don't know, the same pull or the same power, uh, no matter how great their life is or seems. Right. And that brought, and that actually is a good segue into another theme, I think, that maybe uh, Kubrick was trying to uh, send out to us. To me, Dr. Bill seems a little bored. He seemed like he's dealing with boredom, maybe. Been married nine years. He's got the kid. Everything on the surface looks good with him, right? He's rich, handsome, smoking hot wife. He's got a family. But he's still, like, it seems like he needs something more, right? I don't, see, I, I, it's tough to say because everything happens – after she has that like meltdown, we'll call it a meltdown. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know if it's just all him spiraling after that, because the, the first, the scene at Sydney, uh, I almost said it again, Sydney Pollock's party, is she's dancing with another guy and he's talking to those two girls. He's walking away with them. Yeah. So I don't know if he's doing something on the side. Other times, like I like, there's no allusion to like anything that he's done prior to this like if he's ever cheated on her before if he's a philanderer of, at any of any kind of as a flirt or anything like that um, mm-hmm. so they just figure out their relationship starting from the party you're watching the party then you're for what you say about boredom and like when you talk about boredom it's kind of the monotony of going to work you know reading stories to the kids and kind of falling asleep in the couch and like that's what that's what they show after that party um i, I it's, just, it's just tough to interpret exactly because like i said everything 
happens after she ha- after she tells him that everything that happens is based off what he you know is based off his reaction to that and then you know once he's kind of on his path it's all about you know trying to uncover what the hell is going on yeah i don't know i just looked at it as you look at this guy you look at cruz dr bill horford harford i forget his name not important but you just look at him and you're like 98% of society would kill to be in this guy's position. I mean, you know, as a rich doctor living in like a, what, like a brownstone in Manhattan or in the village or something, you know, awesome, uh, you know, just, just everything going for him. But, you know, poor people want to be rich. Rich people want power. So it's almost like, He's trying to infiltrate a class of people where even he doesn't belong, even though he's like in probably the 95 percentile in terms of, you know, uh, cla- uh, class, like, uh, you know, not social status, but just um, tax bracket, I want to say. Like he, but he, he's, he's in over his head and they tell him to that, they tell him that multiple times. Yeah. When he's in the, when he's inside the party, like yeah. you don't belong here. I think that was more kind of like a metaphor for like, yeah, like you're a big shot out there, but this is this is a whole another yeah. level of, of of people. You know what I mean? It's like it's like Sidney Pollock says at the end of the movie, like you, you wouldn't believe the people that were there. I forget what he said. It'd make your head spin, I think he says. You won't see some that. of the people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which I'm sure is referring to, you know, politicians, various other celebrities, I'm assuming. KGB. Uh Sure, the guy, the guy in the red cloak, is English accent, didn't he? Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. That's good. Yeah, I, I think he did. Do you know who that was under the cloak? No, it was. Uh, I don't have the guy's name in front of me, but it was Kubrick's longtime assistant. Oh, huh. Some guy that like he was in a couple. I think he was in uh, one other Kubrick movie, like in a small role. But I guess he was Kubrick's assistant. So huh. that's the guy under the cloak. Um. But, yeah, I don't know. I just looked at it as, you know, it's like Badlands, man. Poor men want to be rich. Rich men want to be king. You know, there's always – you're always – you're always uh, – you know, you're always trying to, like, grasp the next the next thing. And that's what leads – that's what leads rich people to try and look for power. And then once you do gain that power, you end up in Halloween costumes fucking each other. <laughs> like it just it just never ends. I don't think they're ever satisfied. I don't think what? any of us are satisfied as human beings. Well, he didn't he didn't set out looking for that though. Like, you know, his his first stop, you know, his first stop was the patient's house who died. Yeah. And the second stop was a hooker's house where he didn't do anything. <laughs> and then he, he was looking for he was looking for something he was looking for some sort of thrill right so when i'm watching that i'm thinking she nicole kidman tells him the truth about this fantasy and she throw everything away just for this one night with this sailor yeah <laughs> uh, <call him> sailor. <laughs> and uh and you know he which you know that's that's an honest kind of really um uh what's the word I'm looking for she's uh very vulnerable telling him that confession confession yeah yeah but it makes her very vulnerable to him yeah 
and he doesn't very he doesn't take it very well and he actually acts out on those feelings she didn't act out he actually goes out and does things or doesn't do anything but he he goes out in search of something he's contemplating it yeah yeah i don't know if he, i don't know if he's contemplating it or just kind of seeing or just kind of seeing like how far he can go or not for nothing, the hooker did kind of seek him out. It's not like he did not go looking right, for a hooker right. technically. Wait, can I can I say something? Because I, I I'm trying to remember now. I don't I don't remember. Did after the party, the first party that they go to as a couple, they had sex. Little, that, they had sex that night, right? Uh y- yes, yeah, I think so. Or at least it's implied they had sex. I think they it's implied. They don't show yeah. it, but that's when they're in the mirror. Where that right. song's playing. I forget the name of the song. Okay. They did right. a bad, bad thing. Doom, doom, doom. Chris Isaac, yeah. Is that what it is? Yeah. Chris yeah. Isaac, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's uh, Chris Isaac's peak, I think, right there. It has to be. It's a good song. Um, uh, all right, because I, I, I was wondering if there was something to do with his impotence there. Like he couldn't because he didn't fuck the hooker either time. Uh, he didn't, you know, didn't do anything at the at the ball, if you want to call it the ball. Not that he could, because um, you know he's he was gonna get kicked out, and maybe killed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I didn't know if there's any kind of like he couldn't get it up, couldn't do it. Uh, I didn't get that at all. I assumed that he left the hooker's apartment because he got the call from his wife and had a little bit of a, uh, a little bit of a moment with his conscience, sure. I guess, like kind of, kind of got him. Um, well, oh, the ball, the the shining party that did have a little bit of a shining feel to it, right? The music and the tuxedos and stuff. Sure, yeah. There's yeah. a lot. There's a lot of allusions to his movies in this movie. Yeah. There's there's um, uh, like. There's a whole scene in uh, where he goes to get the costume and the daughter comes out. That's like, I don't know, Lolita, but that's, you know, have the underage, like virgin girls, Lolita. Um, the Yale, the Yale toughs on the street. That's clockwork orange, you know, pushing him the, to the car there. Oh, um, right. Yeah. There was, um, there's a red telephone booth, which is an allusion to uh, Dr. Strangelove. Um and then the hospital, like that is remnant. And there's more than this, but the, the hospital is two, 2001 Space Odyssey. Like just like that uh, revolving door, like that's a shot that kind of reminds, reminds oh, me of yeah. 2001. Um, and there's others too that I, I, I had picked up on a couple. And then I like went to look, I went to look and see if they're there, if that was just my imagination or, or what. But no, that's um, it's evident that they are. That he's that he's making allusions to for for one reason or another, just to kind of shout himself out, or just to kind of I don't know if he knew this was going to be his last movie. I mean, it, I don't you know he died like right like as it was completed, basically. Yeah, um, not he killed him, right? That's uh, you know who knows Sci- Scientologists maybe. Mm, was this was this outing Tom Cruise as a uh, Scientologist? This movie? I don't think so. I think it was known he was a Scientologist. No. I didn't know. I thought this was like right around the time he kind of joined up. So it was a big thing when it came out because Nicole Kidman and Cruz were married um, at the time. 
Right. They Not for much point. longer, but they were. Right, but they've been married since 1990. Christmas Eve, 1990, just so you know. Whoa. So cr- bring, All right. Bring it back together, which I didn't realize was that long. Um, but again, Christmas theme. Uh, and of course, there's always rumors like it was an arranged marriage. You know, what's Tom Cruise really? You know, is he, is he maybe gay? So like at the end... I think that's what the Yale kids were trying to tell us, that Tom Cruise is gay. Maybe, maybe. But I wonder, end, listen, I don't want to be homophobic, but I've always felt like Tom Cruise was probably gay. Is, that was, like he's changed. He is, I think he is, but that's just, right. my, just my feeling. Um, you're gay, your gaydar is up. All right. My gay, I just feel like it's kind of, uh, yeah, Katie Holmes don't really arrange, no? Yes. And it was very strange how he handled it. On Oprah and all that. Jumping kind of on stuff. the couch with Oprah. Yeah. That's I why, think like, he's one of those guys who just like, you know, I can't come out of the closet. I need to keep making those Mission Impossibles, and it's not going to be possible if I come out of the closet. Right. He's been a, a male sex symbol for so long that he can't. Right. Well, which I guess now. Since, probably, since now, risky now, business. I guess now he probably could be a male sex symbol, at, you know, as a gay guy. But that was, you know, not really accepted in 1999. Right. And at this point, he's just like probably just, I'm just going to live right. the lot, live it out. Six years old, whatever, yeah. Um, Which he would not be the first guy because I'm pretty sure like Marlon Brando oh, was yeah. gay. I mean, there's this endless number, endless number of guys in Hollywood who tried to keep that under wraps. Right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's like the, like the last line of the movie. I wonder what the connection with Cruz and Kidman was because, you know, her, what she says, is, there's only one thing we need to do now and that's the fuck. And I'm, mm-hmm. like, I'm thinking it's like, is that a reflection on their marriage at this time? Is that a reflection of the, like the Scientology's influence and um, as, you know, as their kind of arrangement uh, is that, you know, they have all these, they have this understanding now that, okay, they're going to go through the motions of this marriage, but are they going to do, you know, the one thing that everybody, that's on everybody's mind? <laughs> so not, um, you know, so so that's just not not just for the characters in the movie, but also for them in real life. I wonder how much that was kind of read into that 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 that's the final line. By the way, the end came as a shock to me. I was not ready for it to end right there. I thought it was a good. Half hour left in the movie. Uh, have you heard the theory about the daughter being abducted at the end? No. There's there's wild speculation that the daughter uh, gets abducted. Uh, I didn't really look into it too much, but I remember watching it for the first time and and reading the uh, you know the, the theories online. Um, that uh, if you if you see that scene and it's like it's like a, about a five minute conversation between Cruz and Kidman there. Yeah, um, they show like the, when the daughter's walking away to go look for toys. Mm-hmm. There's two older guys that you may have seen earlier in the film. Oh wow! Or maybe it was just two guys in like kind of trench coats or pea coats that look like they could have. Uh, you know, they, they, it's a theme in the movie. I should have written this down, but there's, it's a theme in the movie that there, there's two guys a lot of times um, in some sort of, uh, I don't know if you want to say authority position or some sort of uh, enforcer position. Like 
Yeah, uh, the two guys in front of the party. Yeah. Um, there's the two guys who are with the uh, the daughter, the underage daughter. Yes. I think there's two guys tailing him at one point. Or is it only one guy? There's one guy walking on the street tailing him. The, the bald dude. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think whether there's a couple other scenes where it's, where it's well, two guys. Oh, when they talk about Nick. Yeah. Uh, the, the bellhop says, the hotel yeah, guy says, hey, guys. he came in here with two guys. So. So there's a theme to it. And then if you look at the, the last scene, there's I think there's two guys that are kind of walking in front of the daughter. So there's speculation that she may have been oh, wow. uh, abducted, when, which is kind of a – well, it is Kubrick, so I'm not putting it past him. Uh, that, that she may have been – you know, like they're so self-absorbed in their conversation and their relationship that their daughter is being kidnapped in broad daylight. Wow. Which is one of those scenes you got to go back, and you're not going to get like an answer by watching, but it's just one of those kind of mind fucks, which the entire movie is. Yeah, wow, that's a good one. <laughs> Let me say, uh, Nick Nightingale uh, dropped out of medical school to become a pianist for the for the better, because I nobody wants to see Doctor Nick Nightingale. That's a, that's doesn't, sound, a, doesn't sound like a doctor's name. No, no definitely a jazz pianist name. That's it. He had to. He had to be. A, he had. To, he had to do it. He, he had the right name for it. Doctor Nightingale. Nah, doesn't work. Florence Nightingale was that a nurse? Uh, it sounds right. There's some. There's isn't Florence Nightingale syndrome when like you fall in love with somebody taking care of you. No, it's Stockholm. Uh, that's no, that's what Stockholm is when you're like kidnapped and fall in love with a kidnapper. Oh, you fall in love with someone taking care of you? Is that uh, is that, that Amy Adams show on HBO, Munchausen's? I don't know that. I don't know. This is above, it's above my <laughs> pay grade, these questions. I don't know. There's um, really interesting uh, theory or I don't know, view of this movie that. It's a dream movie, that it's all a dream. That he is walking, that Tom Cruise is walking through a dream. Um, and there's some clues to that. One being, like, when he gets uh, knocked over by the Yale guys. Yeah. Uh, they, they are saying something about oh, whatever, whatever they're mumbling, the, the Mexican lap dance or whatever, this and that, rose in her mouth. In the Go back pre- to San Francisco. Right, right. But in the previous, like, as he's walking, he, like, walks by, like, a Mexican restaurant. Um, there's, like, little clues to the things that they say. So, mm-hmm. like, in a dream, like, for, for no reason, there's these odd connections, right? Um, like, just looking at him in the cab, he's, he just kind of looks like he is dazed. And, right, he's having those, in any cab, he always has this weird look on his face. Um, certain things like when he shows up to the party the first time that that house, the first time on Long Island, the cab comes in one way. When he goes there on his own, he comes in from the other direction. Um, which I'm not saying there's not two ways to get there, but it's like this odd, like if, you know, is it, is it really happening or is it a dream? Um, and it's, uh, when you look at it like that, some things kind of make more sense because some of the some of the stuff that happens doesn't really make much sense. Like the woman's father died and she's making out with him. Basically, 
she's she's doing what Nicole Kidman had just kind of confessed to wanting to do, or had thinking about was thinking about doing with the with the mm. sailor throwing it all away, you know, with that guy throwing it all away with I forget the guy's name, but uh, Carl maybe throwing it all away with that guy for I call him Greg. I think he's he wasn't he Greg and Dharma and Greg. He was in that. He was in that show. I know that. I don't know who. I don't know if he was. I think he was Greg. Greg. Inter- interesting point about this guy, which really would. It's it's really insane to think that Kubrick would do this, but it's it's Kubrick, and we know how like intense he is. That's the best part of watching these movies, is you know each frame is like, is kind of sweated over. Like he, every frame means something to him. So that's what kind of the fun of watching this movie is like, well, I don't want to miss anything here, but you're going to miss a thousand things. So oh, yeah. that character, his name is also Tom. Okay. That's one thing. So there's like a mirror going on here. That guy's name is also Tom. And he, he has the same exact birthday as Tom Cruise. Day, year, everything. Month, day, year, everything. Um, wow. Okay. So, but there's, uh, you know, the, the, the idea is that, you know, and also he's a, he's a math professor. So he's a doc, he's a doctor of some sort. And, you know, there's just like that, that, that mirror thing, which also could be like a, a dream thing. Like he's putting himself into this, into this whole situation. Um, so the, the some parallels, right. So the, the woman that's throwing it all away would be, throwing it all would be throwing the other Tom guy away. You know, not Tom, but Tom in real yeah. life. Um it's yeah, I mean to to, to say it's a mind fuck is it, it's shortchanging what it's doing to your mind. It's a mind orgy. <laughs> Basically. Literally and figuratively. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, um there's, so is the argument that the entire movie is a dream or is it from the point where he leaves the apartment? I'm not. Sh- I I don't know. I don't know. If, I don't know. If certain parts of the night are dream. I I don't know. It's tough to. It's tough to pinpoint. I don't know if it's everything. Everything in totem in total is a is a dream, or if certain parts are a dream, or if, um, or if there's some other, you know, breakdown. Right. 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 Yeah. I mean, you could you can go back and dissect the movie a hundred times, and you're not gonna. Yes. No, no. What's a dream and what's not? Um, was now there was always there was always speculation about these uh, secret sex parties, right? Like going back as far as Kennedy, right? Um, secret I, societies, at least. Well, yeah. Uh, Skull and Bones. Skull and Bones goes back. You know who started Skull and Bones? It was a Yaley, right? Connecticut's own. Yeah, Nathan Hale. Uh, Nathan Hale. Yeah. <laughs> um, Died yeah. a hero. So, go, yes, he did, yeah. Um, and lived a hero, apparently. He started these crazy orgies. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, he... Um, yeah, I guess it's going on for, for a while now, the secret society thing. We suspect now, now, was was Kubrick the first guy to kind of bring this to the mainstream like you'd heard it speculated about i'm sure it had been written about but is he the first person to kind of make a blockbuster out of it because this was a summer movie even though it was a christmas movie it came out in the summer 
Um, and, you know, Kubrick's name's attached to it. It's a pretty big deal. It's really interesting that it's, it's, it's kind of like an art movie. I don't know if it was a blockbuster. I mean, it was billed as just Cruise, Kidman, just Kubrick. Mean, right. I just meant because of the Tom Cruise is the lead. Yeah. Stanley Kubrick, very famous director. It, it, it felt like, whoa, like these guys are doing a movie about, you know, these secret sex societies or whatever you want to call them. I don't know. Had, had, it, had this even really been broached by mainstream before or was this kind of groundbreaking? Because uh, now you see – now you hear more and more, like True Detective season two from a few years back. They touched on it. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, uh, you've heard of Bohemian Grove uh, thing yes. in uh, Northern California that Alex Jones infiltrated and got video of. Right, right, right. Like, yep. so we know these things do exist. How crazy are they? I don't know. I tend to believe they're. I don't know if they're like killing women like they did. I'm sure, but like these people well, have had people killed. I'm, I'm sure they have, but like I, I don't know. Uh, like it seems like this movie was like the jumping off point. Like whenever I hear anything about a crazy sex party, I say, "Oh, eyes wide shut party." <laughs> like that. I, like I've been referencing that for 20 years now. You know, whenever you hear one, like the Epstein Island thing, I'm like, "Oh, it was an eyes wide shut sort of thing going on there." Yeah. You know, so I just wonder, like, was this how people took this at first? glance pre a pre-internet kind of internet wasn't really the internet yet yeah i just i just wonder i wish i could go back in the time machine and hear what people were saying when this movie first came out um well i'm sure you can find articles like from 99 but yeah as far as i mean i, I don't know if they i don't know if they really touch on that i don't know how big of a deal it was to be honest with you yeah I wonder if people just threw it aside, like, ah, oh, it's just a movie. It's an yeah. exaggeration. But I feel like these rich and powerful politicians, man, they're doing some fucked up shit, man. Right. It's, it's probably either people kind of just are happy to kind of live their head in the sand, to kind of live life like like Bill, uh, like Dr. Bill. Just not know what's going on. Until Nick yeah, I mean, that's part of how I am. Like, I, I don't. Although if I did end up in that position, I'd probably go to these parties. I didn't see a didn't see the bar though. There's no bar there. Oh, God, there's gotta be a bar. That is a deal breaker. <laughs> <laughs> didn't see one person with a fucking drink at that party. So you'd, you'd, that that's even more of a reason to have a mask with a hole in it. Yeah. You got you got to be able to throw a few back. Yeah, yeah, jeez. Yeah, but knowing these fucking powerful people man they probably they probably aren't drinking at these things that's how fucking kooky they are yeah it's true yeah they're just getting off on they're just getting off on the drug of power yeah getting to do that's it, it. They, don't, they don't need anything else right and then you you mentioned that you know killing of the uh that hooker and mandy yeah poor mandy and of course perfectly manicured mandy there's a <laughs> thanks for noticing you can tell um, it was older guys like in the 90s they probably lived through like the 70s so they liked a little <laughs> you know if this movie was made nowadays it'd probably be oh yeah a little different yeah bear, bear all the way down for sure yeah um but there's also <laughs> there's the uh, uh you know do, do you want to 
do you want to take Sidney Pollock at his word that it, that was just all kind of coincidence that no. it was sta- that it was staged? I mean, I don't, I don't trust that fucking guy at all. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, there's the possibility Door, doors are locked from the inside, which of course anybody who's innocent would say. <laughs> Her door is locked from the inside. I'm sure there's been a few people who have been whacked that the door was locked in the inside. Yeah, yeah well, we're not knowing the fate of Nick Nightingale. Not ever getting confirmation he was back in Seattle fucking Mrs. Nick. Uh, if you had a, if you had a, yeah, if you had to take a, uh, a stab at what happened to Nick, I'm saying Nick is a goner. Or, I mean, it's possible they just roughed him up and made him go back to Seattle. That's, it's, it's certainly possible. Yeah, he was blindfolded. But Roughed knew- him up, and they're like, all right, we got you on the first train back to Seattle. Get the fuck out of here and never but, come back. Yeah, but did he know too much, though? Because he did know, and he was untrustworthy. I would think that Nick's a goner if that secret society is really trying to keep it secret. Now, you can't have anybody going back to Seattle and be like, you'd never believe the shit I saw in New York. That's a good point, yeah. Look, look how careful they were with crews. They're following them around. Yeah. I would, yeah. I would, I would, I would guess. How do you get that gig if you're Nick? Does he say how he got the gig? Uh, no. I, well, I, I, City Park does kind of at the end. He said he's recommended oh. him. Ziegler, yeah. Um, he, he recommended him to to these people. It made him look like an asshole. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, he was he calls great. him a prick. Yeah, he was great in that scene, man. Like, he just kind of turns it on out of nowhere. <laughs> just yeah. all of a sudden, he becomes like a hard ass. Oh, he's so good. Uh, yeah. It's, um, <laughs> did you know that he, this movie was like 30 years plus in the making? He had, Kubrick had the rights forever for this. Well, movie. it was a novel, right? Uh, from the early 1900s, Dream yeah. Story. Yeah, another another reason to think that you know to, to look at the dream angle of this thing because it comes from that. Well, in the original yeah. novel, did it did it take place in was it Paris or was it uh, or was it New Orleans during Mardi Gras or something? I read. I thought it was Vienna, but it could have been Paris. I oh, thought it was, I, think, I think it was in Europe. It was a European novel. So I think it was in Europe. Yeah, it definitely seems European. Um, but he had the rights for it. He wanted. He wanted. Uh, Woody Allen to play. I don't know if he was playing Dr. Bill. I mean, obviously, it's a much different story in 1970 than it was in 99. Yeah. Uh, uh, Woody Allen was supposed to, you know, he wanted Woody Allen to play a part in the movie, um, which probably for the best, probably for the better that Woody Allen wasn't in it uh, with his history. Yeah, he would have been one of the dude's uh, the underage daughter in a costume shop. I say, I wonder, I wonder, like, what what's Kubrick get it going for here? Like, he he's got, he's got, you know, is is he is he actually commenting on Kidman and Cruz? If he's doing the same thing in seventy, was it with the with the intention of you know commenting on Woody <laughs> Allen? Like, it's it's a it's a, it's a weird, um, it's a weird choice. Yeah, Woody Allen as Dr. Bill. That's a different movie. 
<laughs> it's also 1970. I don't know if it's in New York, but it's, you know, it's 1970. It's much different. That was like one of the cool things for me. What was, was, you know, uh, you know, looking at the Kubrick movies that we know and love and they take place in the sixties and seventies. Uh, yep. for like Barry Lyndon, which takes place, I don't know, in 1800 or something. Yeah. Full uh, metal jackets. What Vietnam? Yeah. So to, to, to see this guy direct a movie that, you know, takes place in modern day, 1999, New York, was fucking cool as hell just to see his, yes. to see his take on it. And I wonder, you know, there's uh, other guys, uh, you know, from that era that, you know, what, like a Hitchcock movie, you know, in the 90s would have been awesome to, to you know, even get like, the, get, get one and see how he kind of interpreted the 90s with cell phones and shit like that. It been cool as hell. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, and he had, he didn't have many movies after, I think he had The Shining, Full Metal Jacket, and then Eyes Wide Shut. I think that may have been his last three movies. There may have been one other one mixed in there. He kind of slowed down at the end. Was it Shining 1980? Right. And then Full Metal was 87, 85. Yeah, I think it was, I want to say 87, but I'm not sure. Yeah, and then I think I, and then I think the next one was Eyes Wide Shut, and that was it. Wow. It makes you think, like, how much time did he put into this movie? Was it was it all twelve years, or was it just he was kind of retired and then he kind of decided to make it? It definitely seemed like well, the a shoot, passion project. The, the shoot took forever. Apparently, it was like I said, a record for the longest continuous movie shoot. Why and why was that? It was like fifteen months or something. Shooting. Oh my God. Yeah. That is aggressive. I think that's what I read. Uh, Vincent D'Onofrio, uh, I guess, talked to Tom Cruise before the movie was made and was like, yeah, just rent the house. <laughs> You're going to need it. Yeah. Yeah. He said he needed it. I w- wow. 15 months. Yeah. He wouldn't, he wouldn't like let Tom and Nicole, he wouldn't let them talk on set didn't want Kubrick them going. yeah because they're married and he kind of wanted to let that kind of stuff fester a little bit he wouldn't mm. let them go to like each other's sex scenes like he wouldn't let like he did the uh the sailor scene the fantasy scene um, yeah he got a close set and wouldn't allow Cruz in there and told her not to talk to him about it like wanted to kind of bubble up the jealousy kind of factor <laughs> sick fuck man yeah for sure. One thing I, I picked up on, I don't know if this was, if I heard it right. When they're le- first, the first scene, when they're getting ready to leave the, uh, for the party, the doc, yeah. the, uh, not doctor's party, Ziegler's party, Sydney Pollock's party. Yeah. Does she say to give the phony pager numbers to the babysitter? Does she say phony? I don't think so. I think she says phone numbers. Oh, I, th- I could have swore I heard her say, give the phony page, like fake pager numbers to the babysitter, which seemed odd to me. Like, so, so she can't get in touch with them. What would it be the, what would be the, purpose? I don't know what the motive would be. Like, don't fucking bother us. Figure it out. Our kid needs CPR. <laughs> Plenty of food. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, one other thing about Dr. Bill. Yeah. I mean, you're making all kinds of dough. You got to get a bigger TV. That TV was <laughs> tiny. 
<laughs> guy was sitting. I mean, I got two sixty-five inches in my house, man. I'm not a doctor. This guy's got to upgrade a little bit. They're paying the ass to care of bubble TVs. Maybe he's, you know, I don't remember. Yeah, he always watched pay someone. He was, pay, he was watching a football game. I don't really remember the size of the TV. <laughs> it was small. Okay. He was he was up close. He was definitely up close. <laughs> Drinking buds too at the house. Every man, every man, doctor, Doctor Bill. <laughs> um, she's oh hiding weed in the band aid thing. Just a bad rookie move. When she when she got the weed. Oh the, right, right. It was hitting the band aid thing. It's not a good move at all. Because the kid could find a band aid easily. Yeah, everybody uses band aids. You got to hide them like in the uh, I don't know hemorrhoid medicine or something. Yeah, you got to, I don't know, the broccoli. Something kids won't go near. Hide them in the broccoli. Hide them, I don't know, just some, something a kid wouldn't go for. You've been hiding weed your whole life. Fucking Tums. Hide them in the Tums. <laughs> kids don't get heartburn. <laughs> Not band-aids. Oh, no, another thing, big mistake that Cruz made when they were having the conversation before uh, she confessed to him for the confession. Yeah. Uh, she asked him who he was talking to, who the women were that he was talking to, and the worst answer he could give, which is what, which is what he gave, was, eh, just a couple of models. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just don't say that, man. Not the best. Yeah, not the best thing to say. Right. Uh, did you think the jazz, the jazz bar that he meets Nightingale in yeah. was a little bit of a callback to Blue Velvet? Had a blue velvet vibe to it. Mm, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Is there some sort of jazz bar or dive bar? Yeah, it's where uh, What's Your Face sings. Yeah, what's that? It's uh, David Lynch, right? David Lynch. And I figured yeah. that was kind of. Um, I, read, I read an article, I think it was yesterday, about uh, like 10 movies that were influenced a little bit by Blue Velvet. And Eyes Wide Shut was one of them. Oh, huh. Um, and so going back to that hooker from uh, that Cruz went up to that it turned out to be HIV positive. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a hooker that looks like that is no way it's costing $150. Should be a little more than that. I would have to think. She's, she's selling herself short if she's only charging $150. Yeah, she probably. Yeah, well, there's a there's a party on Long Island that is down a hooker. So, well, right. I mean, she's not going to probably get right, the job yeah, probably, being yeah. HIV positive. Yeah, pro- they, they probably do testing. Yeah, not SATs. <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, right. So that's that's not you know talk about like sex and like the representation of sex. Um. In the movie, that's a big part of it too, which is how women are perceived um, as sexual objects, right? And like the whole, mm-hmm. like, this whole, this whole party is is basically men, and the women are there for the take. That's it. Yeah. Um, that's it. And I, I, I read something I'd read along the way was that you know, they, they knew that Kidman was going to be in it and they kind of had an idea there was this sexual factor to it and uh, people were kind of excited, I guess, or, you know, people kind of um, had the uh, 
the buzz that you know you get to see Nicole Kevin naked in it. And uh, sure, yeah, no, rightfully so. Um, and like that first scene, you know, we see like her bare ass, right? She's like a lot of ass, a lot of tits in the movie. A lot, um, yeah. And that was like, you know, this is what you came for. Here you go. Right out of right the gate, the yeah. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, um, other connections were missing. The mask at the end on the pillow. Yeah. Is that Kidman kind of leaving it there as like uh, we got to talk? You got some explaining to do, or is it in Doctor Bill's imagination? Is it like a symbolic thing where this is going to stay with me until I get it off my chest and tell my wife everything? Like he's going to be putting his head on the pillow every night with the metaphorical mask, you know, hanging over him. Uh, yeah, I think you're right about the, the imagination thing. It's um, right. He he wanted to reveal himself uh, to her. Right, because where could the, the, the mask wasn't going to fall out of that bag. He didn't leave it behind. He walked into the apartment. He had just had that bag. And he he probably it. left it at the party. Yeah. They made him take it off. He probably left it there. Right. So if, if it was there, if it was actually there, then somebody snuck into his house and put it there. Which is, yeah. Not out of the realm, but could also be a little bit of a stretch. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it could just be like his conscience. And the uh, we touched on Mandy f- for a second. Yeah. She's killed. Is, it, is she killed because she sacrifices herself for Dr. Bill? Or is she killed because of what happened at Ziegler's Christmas party? No, it's a sacrifice for Dr. Bill. It's definitely the sacrifice? Yeah. Because I could have seen it going either way. I could have seen it like she was a little bit of a loose cannon, you know, drug addict, um, you know, kind of like put her out of her misery. She could talk. She's doing speed balls. And, you know, what if Dr. Bill's not there next time? So you're saying that, but that woman at the party was her, right? Because I guess there's some... I think so. Yeah, I think it was. There's some vagueness to it that it's not her. But I think it's also understood that it is her. But there's right. A chance, it's, it's, there's a chance that maybe it's not. It's a chance, but it's, it's assumed that it's her. But who knows? Because you, know, you never know in a Kubrick movie. Yeah, right, right. He, he wants you to think it's her, but he's also not going to put it on a silver platter for you. Right. Yeah. Uh no, I think it's I think it was a sacrifice. Yeah. So they were gonna kill him, you think? Uh yeah, I mean he snuck they, he snuck into their their clubhouse and he gotta kill the guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um Do you buy the Illuminati or do you think but you, or do you think it's a little far fetched? You think there's something going on? Just in like for real? Oh yeah, real life. Um, how do you how do you define the Illuminati? Just like a powerful people who are 
There's definitely like, what do you think about what do you think about people who say like Kanye West is the Illuminati? And the yeah, Illuminati? I, I don't know that. I don't think Kanye and Beyonce are the Illuminati. I don't think so. I don't think Kanye be able to keep it to himself. Right. Yeah. He wanted everybody to know that he was in it, and he was everybody's favorite rapper in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but also maybe he's in it and he's seen some shit, and that's why he lost his mind. Could be the case, also. Yeah. No, I, I think there's too many. Uh, well, there's there's something to it because also reading reading through this, uh, you know, you look at like the bushes, right? Yeah. And the grandfather, George and Jeb's grandfather, uh, there's no evidence that he supported the Nazi cause, but he helped to fund Nazis during World War II, like through his job. There's no real evidence that he was like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. Let's help out this great guy, Adolf. But uh, he was involved in funding the Nazis. That's kind of how the family got their money and kind of how they set up their... I thought it was oil. Well, that's, I think that's kind of how they got, got started, though. Oh. And that ended up being, like, you know, whatever they ended up doing in Texas. So this is W's grandfather. Yeah. Oh. Prescott, right, well. Prescott Bush. Horrific name. He was also a Connecticut senator at some point. Oh, I'm sure he was, yeah. yeah. Yeah, after after uh, the war, right? So, I, so when it comes to Illuminati, I think you definitely have. I mean, there's definitely something going on. Yeah, with politicians specifically. I just don't know how deep. I don't know how deep it goes, and I don't know how. I I mean I would like to I say I want to know, but I probably don't want to know just how. Just how, like, just just like the worst things that they've done. Yeah. Well, well, it's yeah, it's a lot of murders that they probably need, didn't need to do. Um, <laughs> a lot of other than whack Kennedy. A lot of uh, <laughs> yeah, a lot of a lot of underage sex. Um, that's almost par for the course with these guys, though. Like I expect that. It's really, di- it's really different set of appetites. You think about it. Like think about our appetites, our vices. It's like, oh yeah, yeah. Smoke some good weed. I had, oh, I had this uh, new brown. It was great, great, you know, great bourbon, uh, cigar. And we're it's happy. not going to cut it with them. No, it's like not enough. Not enough. Right. It's Mission, missionary missionaries not cutting it with these guys. Yeah, if like if if your if your thing is sex and like you just keep pushing it and it's like oh I need to have like whatever I don't can't even say like what these sick fucks want. Right, I need um, two girls. I need three girls. I need you know I need guys involved. You know, I was, it's I was thinking, like it's, I, was thinking, I was thinking like twelve year olds. You know, like I, you know, I want like, oh okay preteen or something real dark. Yep. Right, I'm thinking like those people if they got into drugs like they're definitely be a heroin addict. Like you're going, oh, yeah. you're, gonna, you're gonna like you're gonna try a drug, you're gonna like it, and then you're gonna fall down in the depths of despair, and you're going to OD in some in some place. Uh, if sex is your addiction, and that's like, and that's the path you go, and you're like this powerful person who can get anything, 
yeah, you're going to, you're going to just push the limits of what's acceptable. Well, and I think you see that in real life. Like you, well, I'll take like succession for an example, how like Kendall is a, you know, dealing with addiction. Yeah. Not very well. And no, not, not dealing with it very well, (laughs) but you see it, you see it in real life too. When you have too much power and you kind of just have everything at your disposal, like you see it with, uh, was it one of Trump's kids? A uh, was Don Jr. have issues? I would assume so. He looks like he's got issues, but I don't know if there's anything on the books. Oh, maybe he just looks like a cokehead. But um, the other one true. too, Biden's kid hasn't wasn't Biden's kids like a like a crackhead? Yeah, he smoked a little crack. There's <laughs> definitely something to be said, man, about being like rich, powerful, like son of a you know powerful guy. It's like you just. Oof! I mean, you got uh, you're you're behind in the count, Owen, too, for being a shithead and apparently a drug addict. I mean, it's 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 there, man. It's there. And you look yeah. at a guy like Bill Clinton. He had some vices, you know. Like you just get to a point where, man, you're just a sick. Well, I don't listen, know. You're just you're just wired differently, man. Listen, well, we might. We here's the thing: you might be right about people put, putting their head in the sand because it just came out this week that there's in the trial of just Maxwell that uh, somebody that's the madam. Yeah. Somebody testified that Trump fucked her or when she was 14, <laughs> which it's not, it's believable. Not, yeah. Well, definitely believable, but it's not like I haven't really heard about it all over the place. You know, the guys, I don't know. The, the guy's Teflon. Um, like nobody cares though. It just kind of people are like, oh, whatever. It's just we got our own problems. Yeah, that's that's one. Yeah, I don't know. And how do you, you know, how do you prove that? That's yeah. I didn't even know she was on trial. I thought she was still floating around. No, Trump started a week or two ago. Yeah. Oh. All right. Nothing's gonna come of it, right? Uh, for her probably, but she was like Epstein's. Uh, like kind of pimp was she like was that kind of what she was did she like get the underage girls uh yeah i think she kind of groomed some that kind of thing helped them out on an assistant i don't know what the right because he was I mean, epstein is a perfect example that this shit goes on yeah oh yeah a thousand percent mm-hmm. whether you want to call it illuminati or not like there's definitely some some fucked up rituals and whatever the fuck you want to call it going on that we are not invited to, nor would I want to go to, I'll go to the of age eyes wide shut party. You got, I, you got, you got to promise me 18. You got to promise me 18. I don't know. I don't want to go to a place where there's like cloaks and masks. And there's also the, the, like the incense, incense going on where they're, that's like a church thing. They're chanting. I don't want to go to that. All right. Well, they got to dumb it down a little bit. Oh, so you just let's make see, it. Let's make it a regular. Just, let's make it a regular, good old fashioned orgy. You just want to see people banging on a pool table, then. Go to like a Frank Reynolds type of orgy. I heard, I heard a story. <laughs> I heard a, I heard a story uh, somewhere this week. As told by as told by um, Howie Mandel, the comedian Howie Mandel, uh, big germaphobe, big germaphobe, and uh, he uh, was hired. Uh, so somebody asked him like how much would it cost to do a, a, a private party he's like i don't do private parties he's like well what's the number 
there's there's always a number. And he's like, I gave them a number that I didn't think they would meet. And they met it. So I said, okay, I guess I'll do a private party. Um, so he goes up like to this party, whatever, and he kind of had to go, you know, up to the hills, wherever, I don't know, in Hollywood. And uh, some like scantily clad woman like flags him down, says, you're high Mandel, right? He says, yeah, takes him in. They take his car. He goes into the party. He goes like through the back. He's like hiding in the bathroom. Uh, he's like, all right, just when they say, like, when Howie, you know, here's Howie Mandel, you just go out there. So uh, here's Howie Mandel. And he goes out and he's like, oh, and there was like eight dudes and 15 women. And they're all like in various stages of like this or that. He was like, can't, unmentionable. He was doing this like on like Conan or something. He's like, you yeah. know, unmentionable. You can't, you can't, you know, nothing I could say on TV. And, uh, you know, uh, so he went and did the show, whatever. He did it. He's wondering, like, why the hell they called him up there to do it. And then, like, maybe two weeks later, he's, like, at some mall or something. And some lady walks up to him and was like, oh, you're Howie Mandel, right? And uh, he's like, yeah, yeah. He goes, oh, so my, my husband uh, was at a bachelor party recently. He said, you were, the, you were the entertainment. And he's like, think of her a second. He looks up and behind her, like a, like a you know, few yards behind her walking, is her husband going like, no, 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 like to him, like silently, like doing, like, yeah. cut it off at the neck thing, you know, like, no, no, no. <laughs> He's like, he was like, I was the excuse. It's like, <laughs> that's why they go home and tell their wives, oh, yeah, Howie Mandel, what was the entertainment? You had hookers? Like, no, no, Howie Mandel was there. <laughs> uh, what are the odds your wife's going to run into Howie Mandel? No, but that was just, you know, for them to go home and say that that was. No, you know, I know, yeah. He's oh, an yeah. alibi. Yeah. Thank God he was there to, co- to co- corroborate it, you know? Yeah, good for him. Stand-up guy, until he told everybody on national TV. Right, now he's kind of yeah, fucked. But, yeah, well, it wasn't Illuminati party, so. <laughs> no. Sound like it was, like, in Jersey or something. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well... I really feel like we, I, I really feel like there's a lot more to talk about here, but I also don't, I don't, ha, I also got to watch it again and then like just kind of go through it again. There's, yeah, there's, it's, there's, it's, there's, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot to, to you know, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot you can talk about. And I'm not sure we did it justice, but yeah, we did okay. Merry Christmas, everybody. Yeah. Maybe we'll try and get back on the more traditional track next week. Or not. We don't know. Or yeah. not. I don't know. Stay we're, tuned. We're, we'll take suggestions, obviously. We have uh I have a couple untraditional ones. Oh, what do you got? Batman Returns. Wow. Batman Returns is a good one. All right. This is really outside the box, but Lethal Weapon. Lethal Weapon. Okay. All right. There's a Christmas tree at the end. Yes, it is. Forrest Gump, Christmas movie. <laughs> okay. Goodfellas is a Christmas movie. Goodfellas is a Christmas movie. We've never done the Goodfellas Christmas movie podcast. <laughs> um, what, what was the one lost movie podcast? Was that Swingers? Swingers, yeah. Yeah, some serious technical difficulties. Could not recover from. <sighs> Speaking of Lethal Weapon, have you watched the new season of Always Sunny yet? Uh, no, I have not. 
They did. They did. They've been. They're doing a back-to-back episodes. Ten episode season, five weeks. They do two two episodes oh, a night. I thought it was just the one. Yeah, it was just on. It was just this Wednesday, right? Just started. Yeah, last night. Yeah, lethal weapon. They, one of them was lethal weapon. That's what made me think of it. <clears throat> All right. Well, good stuff. Yeah. Even when I like, it's, I feel like I felt like at the end of the movie, like, all right, what? We just, like, what the fuck? We we talked a lot. We talked for over an hour. I still don't have a. a, a well, it's a lot, man. It's a lot. Yeah. You could we could come back next week and it would probably do. Yeah, unpack an hour more. more. You, yeah. you, you could, yeah, you could definitely if you want to. If you want to really dive deep, it's uh it's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Um, guess we'll wrap it up there. Thanks, uh, everybody, for listening to this uh, very special Christmas edition of Sunday Poor. We'll be back here on Monday, recap uh, football from the weekend and do a regular Monday show. Until then, have a great weekend, man. Talk to you guys next week. Peace. Wow. All right. Um, but let's see. What do we have to get off? What do we have to get off our chest here? Uh, what? Give me real quick scale of one to ten. Ten being the we worst. Got, we got to do picks. Yeah, yeah. No, this is gonna be two seconds. All right. Uh, scale of one to ten. How concerned are you at the lockout, baseball lockout? Uh, I mean, I'm concerned, but I, everyone. I've been hearing about this for it feels like a year now that this was inevitable. Yeah. So I'm hoping they figure it out. I mean, I guess it won't be the end of the world if they start the season a little late. I I, I don't think they would I don't think they would like pass on a whole season. That would just be it'd be yeah. a bad it'd be a really bad look, especially with the COVID year in twenty twenty. Whole season's out of the question. But do you think that do you think there's a a good possibility they miss games? I think it's a possibility. All right. Yeah, it's tough. It's you know the lockout starts on December first. We had all we just got excited about all these signings. Not we, but baseball public, Mets, in, gener- baseball fans. public in general and Rangers fans. <laughs> and uh, and now it's you know now it's a wait and see thing. So it's odd. It seems early, but you know uh, spring training comes around quick. Oh, for sure, yeah. Yeah, it wouldn't be, sure. the, wouldn't be the first time in our lives we've done uh, – we've had a late spring training. So. Nope. Nope. That's on the table. It's definitely on the table. All right. That's that. Uh, all right. Let's get some picks. And we re- rebounded last week. You had a nice 3-0 and week. Getting back into the – Win column, I was two and one. Uh, and we, here we go again. Man, what do you got? First pick. All right, let's see. Pick number one. I did write three games down. Uh-oh. Is that a good sign or a bad sign? I don't know. 
I don't know. I don't have any notes next to him. Uh, all right. Final stand with this team. I think I've given them out once on the show recently. And this is uh, kind of reverting back to my old ways of taking a home underdog. But uh, 425 on Sunday, I'm taking Seattle, getting three and a half against San Fran. Uh, Seattle has been atrocious. Uh, speaking of atrocious, Dak Prescott, I don't know what you're doing. I mean, just yeah. run the clock out. Bad pick. Um, so – this is my final stand with Seattle. Uh, this is a game where you have two teams opposite directions. Niners have won three in a row. Seahawks, it feels like, haven't won since September. I don't know how many in a row they've lost. Um, Russell Wilson looks terrible. They lose to Washington. They lose to Green Bay. They lost to Colt McCoy. I think everything, you know, all logic would tell you that the Niners' freight train keeps rolling. But in the NFC West, I always talk about this. Everybody owns somebody. You know, the Niners own the Rams. The Rams own the Seahawks. And I think the Seahawks own the Niners. At least for the sake of this narrative, the Seahawks own the Niners. I don't have any numbers to back that up, but I'm pretty sure that's true. Uh, I think they've already beaten San Fran once, too, in San Fran. I think Seattle just – division games are weird. It's like Miami always beat New England down in Miami. Uh, like, you know, you, you see this all the time, like in divisions, like certain teams just have a knack for playing another team tough, depending on the record, like the Jets and Dolphins for years, the, uh, for some reason, the underdog, it felt like had an advantage in those games just because, you know, you throw the records out the window. I think you do it in this case. I think this is my last stand with Seattle. If they don't cover this week, forget it. Um, I just think there's a lot of, there's some value here getting three and a half at home against San Fran. San Fran's streaky. You know what I mean? They, they, they win a couple in a row to the start the season, then they go on a losing streak. Now they're on a winning streak. I'd be careful before I try trust San Fran. Uh, so I'm, I'm going Seattle plus. I could see him winning. I, I could see him winning. All right. Um, I'm going a little, a little more boring. My first pick you on home dog. I'm going home favorite. My first pick um, riding one of your teams. Uh, like the Bengals at home against the Chargers. Short, small lines, only three. Um, I don't know. I just I, I got to take the home team here. L.A. team coming east. Not that far east, I guess, but be a little chilly in Cincinnati, I think. And uh, if I had to pick one of these teams right now, uh, I think they're both – I think they're kind of heading – trending in opposite directions. If that trend you know, keeps going this week, who the fuck knows? Uh, that's all this season has been is trends getting bucked week in and week out. Uh, so maybe it's the wrong time, but I'm going to take the home team here in this case. I think though, I think they got a, it's it's three. And don't you assume that's three points for the home team? Um, so that yeah, it's a three point. It's a three point game either way. Like if the Chargers were home, it would probably be three. Game, yeah. Uh, I'm, I, I just I, I got to go with the, whole, the home Bengals here. I think they're just going – they're trending in a better direction than the Chargers at this point. All right. Pick number two. Excuse me. Taysom, Taysom Hill did look good at, at points tonight, but uh, oh, no, I don't know, 96 million? You threw another pick? 
I think he fumbled there. I, I just looked up and he didn't have the ball. Oh, cool. uh, let's see that. Ooh, that's close. I don't know what that is. What's it? You gotta be coming is, is it an empty hand coming forward? Yeah, it's probably a fumble. Uh, all right, pick number two. All right, this is a dangerous one. Nice, dangerous. It's a lot of points. It is danger powers. <laughs> uh. I'm going Chiefs Sunday night laying nine and a half. This is a system play. Andy Reid off the bye has been almost automatic in his career. He's been awesome. Uh, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but uh, whether it's on the field or against the spread, the guy's been great for you know going on over 20 years now. Uh, at first glance, it does look like a few too many points. Divisional matchup, uh, you know, Denver playing a little bit better now. But one thing about Denver, you just never, you never know. They're like the, they're like the box of chocolates. You, you just never know what you're getting with Denver. You know, they they go into to Dallas and they smack them. And last week they uh, fuck they play last week they beat somebody. Oh, Chargers! They beat the Chargers at home as a home dog. Right. You know, and like, all right, Denver's firing on all cylinders, but you forget, sandwiched in between those two games, they got killed by the Eagles at home. So, like, the Denver is just so up and down. They're so Jekyll and Hyde. Chiefs are coming off a bye. Andy Reid's great off a bye. Uh, Primetime game. I'm going to say the Chiefs keep it going, even though it feels like a point or two too high. Chiefs by double digits. I got it here at nine and a half, so I'll, yep. take, uh, I'll take the Chiefs. All right. Well, Pittsburgh got embarrassed last week. They host Baltimore this week. Four and a half point dogs at home. I feel like everybody's going to be on Baltimore. I feel like everybody's bearing Pittsburgh this week. Uh, kind of going back to what I said in the Cincinnati thing about Chargers, the up and down, bucking of trends week in and week out. I'm taking Pittsburgh here. Baltimore kind of plays down to their opponents, I feel like. They never – they're, they're never, like, blowing teams out. They're never embarrassing anybody. It's always kind of playing down, uh, maybe pulling a game out of their ass, Tucker bailing them out. Um, I'm going with Pittsburgh as the home dog here based on that. Baltimore just is always in these tight games. Uh doesn't matter who the other teams are. Everybody's going to be on Baltimore because of Pittsburgh's performance last week. Give me, give me, uh, give me the Steelers plus four and a half. All right. One more game here. One more to go. There's actually a few games I like. I don't know if that's a good or bad sign because last week I hated the board and I went 3-0. So it's probably a bad sign. Um, so I'll give my honorable mentions after you give your – Jesus, Taysom Hill. The fact, that you had three, the fact that you had three picks written down before the show, I think is a bad sign. Preparation is never good. For, uh, but I didn't have any notes, so it's like, is that preparation or did I just did I just write down, did I just jot them down quick? Um, I'm going to stick with the team I have written down. This is a uh, – this is kind of a going down with the ship sort of pick just because I like this team so much preseason coming into the, coming into the year. I'm going to take the Bills laying two and a half Monday night. 
Uh, I think everyone's going to be pouncing on New England in this game. Uh, you know, the Bills haven't looked great. You know, they beat the Saints, but you're watching the Saints right now. The Saints are nothing special. I don't think people really fully think that the Saints uh, – or the Saints. I don't think anybody thinks, like, the Bills are fully back. Uh, this is a statement game for the Bills. If you are the Bills, you have to go out there this week and just lay the smack down. You know, you win the division last year. Okay, you won, you won the division. You beat New England twice. New England was the bully for 20 years. They stuck it to you for 20 years with Brady. You can't, you can't give it right back to them after just only one year beating them. You got to go out there. It's your building, prime time, Monday night a rookie quarterback coming into your building. I don't like that the cornerback is hurt white. He's out for the year with a torn ACL. But if you're the bills, if you don't win this game, if you're Buffalo, I mean, you're probably not winning the division and you're looking at, you know, five, six seed and whatnot. It's, uh, I don't know. It's sorry. It was almost an interception. Uh, kind of caught my attention. Yeah. Um, another one, yeah. Yeah, so this is more just like I came into the year liking Buffalo, not liking New England as much. That's like a stubborn, thick-headed, hard-headed pick. Uh, give me the Bills to go out there and uh, win by a touchdown Monday night. Yeah, I I, I looked at that game. I, I got to stay away from that one because I, I, I was like you, like everybody else was going to be picking New England, and that just scared me. Um. And I couldn't pick. I couldn't pick Buffalo because how, they, how they've been playing. But I couldn't pick against them at home either. No. So, uh, that's for me. That's one I couldn't couldn't touch. All right, game number three. Uh, let's see here. Uh, I want to go with Tyrod again. Tyrod have some magic. That old cap of his still. Um, I really I don't want to pick Miami two weeks in a row though I do like them against the Giants. <laughs> um, the Giants, man, they're not a good team. <laughs> All right, uh, let's see. Just let's shit or go off the pot time. Mm. Can't take the. I got, a, I got a couple games. I got a couple games. I like a couple good ones up there. All right. You know what? I'm going. I'm going with Houston, man. They're getting. It's 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 a big number on the board. Houston, we know, uh, will come to play if they if they have they if they have the horses. They're not a good team. It's Ten points. Um. Indy might and I know what can I change my pick. Not, pay, yeah. not taking it. Why the fuck would you, I do that? You didn't take it? your finger. You didn't take your finger off. They're right? gonna run all, and he's gonna run all over them. I'm taking. I Indy. hated that pick for the record. <laughs> uh, yeah, and he's gonna run all over them. That's not. That's not gonna happen. And he's gonna. They're gonna. They're gonna shove down their throats. Uh, Houston has no chance. I'm not picking Indy plus. I'm not picking Indy minus ten though. All right. Um. Well, maybe I should. Two big numbers on the board. I don't know. Uh, let's see. All right. You know what? This is a team, again, vanity pick. In the, in the, in the spirit of you going Buffalo, I'll, I'll, I'll go with my vanity pick. 
Uh, I picked them a couple weeks ago, and they lost uh, this week. Vegas hosts the Washington football team um, at home, and it's one. They're one and a half point favorites. Uh, Washington, I, I don't know, I'm not sh- quite sure what to make of Washington. They're they're an NFC East team. They're they're good sometimes. They're decent sometimes, but you know it's Tyler Heineke again. Uh, they had a good they had a good week last week, but that's you know it's not like the norm for them. Uh, Vegas, I think, has a little more going for them. They, I think they're cutting their past their drama. Uh, Carr has played pretty well last week. Uh, I think they're ready to kind of even out, even things out, kind of set things straight. Give me Vegas uh, minus one and a half at home. All uh, right, uh, might, be, might be my might be my last stand with them too. Yeah, Washington was a pick I considered. Yeah, I got to kind of like home. Washington. I got to take the home team here. All right, yeah, my three picks: Seattle getting three and a half, Chiefs laying nine and a half, Bills minus two and a half. God, Taysom Hill! My <laughs> God. Uh, yeah. So those are those are my picks. That's what happens when you put a running back slash tight end in the quarterback position. I mean, that guy was never open. He did hit Diggs right in stride, though. That was nice. Yeah. Uh, and I had Cincinnati minus three, Pittsburgh plus four and a half, Vegas minus one and a half. What was my picks? Yeah. So Washington was an honorable mention of mine. You touched on that game. Uh, what, do you make crazy. Wa- what do you make of Washington? I mean. The spread just seems off. Yeah. But what do you make of Washington just as a team? Like, what do you make? Like, I, fuck is I that don't team? know. I don't know. Do not know. Who the fuck is this? They don't, don't have a. They don't have a name. They don't have an identity. I hope it stays football team forever. Me too. I'm into it. It's better, uh, it's better than the Guardians. For the yeah, no, yeah, definitely. Uh, I like. Uh, call me crazy. I didn't put them in the picks just because I feel like I I owe it to myself to try and stay hot. I like the Lions getting seven at home against Minnesota. All right. It could be the this could be the week. I don't think it's crazy to think Detroit wins the game on the field. Wow. Wow. I don't think it's crazy. It's a little crazy. Seven point though. Seven point. I mean, why isn't the spread going up? No one's betting the Lions. Yeah. And then I thought about taking uh, I thought about taking Tampa and riding them because I had them last week, but eleven. I didn't feel like laying eleven points. Uh, and then another game I like is Arizona, but I don't know if Andy Dalton. I love that game if Andy Dalton plays. I think the def- I think Arizona's defense will cover that number by themselves. Okay, uh, but there's a little bit too much up in the air. I think Kyler's playing. I think Hopkins is playing, but. Injury report, so I settled on my picks. All right. A lot of thought. Man, you go 3-0, you get a little hot, and you get into it, huh? Now, um, yeah, I got seven games. I got four written down in pen, so we'll see what happens. <laughs> there you go. All right, there's your picks. Week 13 in the NFL. Uh, you got anything else to touch on before we uh, That's it. the show? That is all it. Right. All right, man. I'll get it out, and I'll talk to you later on, all right? All right. Later. See ya.